Welcome to the Skiffy and Fancy Show. 50,000 words, 30 days. You can do it. I'm Paul. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kat. I'm Nikki. Hi, I'm CB Lee. And we're here on Skiffy Fantasy to talk about NaNoWriMo because this is the month of November. Thank you for everybody for showing up today. So I'd like you, each of you to introduce yourselves briefly and then we'll get into the questions about what you do from NaNoWriMo and how you feel it helps you with your writing and all that fun stuff. So we'll start with you, Kat. I am a writer and editor. I've had about 200 fiction publications, mostly in short story, although my second novel is coming out next year. I am the president of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, and I run an online writing school, the Rambo Academy for Wayward Writers. Exciting. How about you, Nikki? Um, I'm Nikki Drayden. I am, uh, I've been a short fiction writer for a while, and I just have my first debut novel out um, this year. And um, I like doing a little editing on the side, kind of have my uh, toes dipping in lots of different things lately. Awesome. I really like The Prey Gods, by the way. Thank you. And how about you, CB? Um, Hi, um, I'm a sci-fi and fantasy writer. My novel, Not Your Sidekick, came out in 2016, and the second in that series, Not Your Villain, just came out this past October. Excellent. So you all have writing and other chops under your belts, a nice wide smath of people to talk to. And of course, we, I will not forget you, Elizabeth, since, since you're relatively not on the podcast often, so you might as well introduce yourself as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth. I'm new to the Skiffy and Fanty team. I edit at Earl Grey Editing, and I also run a review blog there. I got to meet Elizabeth on my Duff Travels, and it's a pleasure to talk to you again, even if virtually this time. And you, Paul. It was really lovely meeting you. Thank you. Okay, so let's jump into NaNoWriMo. For those listeners who don't know what NaNoWriMo is, it's possible you don't. NaNoWriMo is National uh, Month of Writing, where people are encouraged to write 50,000 words in the 30 days of November. I did it back in 2009, and, well, the document I came out with probably shouldn't ever see the light of day. I managed to get the 50,000 words, but yeah, it was not a good book. It did teach me discipline in writing stuff, but I'm really curious about what NaNoWriMo has brought to the uh, all of you. But we should ask the most basic question, and I'll start with UCB. How did you get into NaNoWriMo, and where did you first hear about it? I first heard about it through my friends, uh, and they've been doing, one of my friends is a region leader for her region, and she's always been really involved, and she does it every year, and I, I mean, I've always been interested in writing, but at the time, I thought that, like, writing a novel was really daunting and intimidating, and I couldn't fathom writing one, let alone doing it in one month, 
But, you know, thinking about NaNoWriMo and just coming to, like, you know, it's a challenge. That's part of the fun of it. And I thought about the total word counts of all the drafts and short stories I've written and figured I had written the equivalent of 50,000 words, at least lengthwise. So I wanted to try. And that's how I got started. I've, I think my first NaNoWriMo was in 2014. And how many times have you done it? Um, every year since then. And you've made the 50,000 each year? Um, approximately, yeah. Basically, in 2014, I finished NaNoWriMo, and that became the draft for my novel, Not Your Sidekick, which was then published the next year. And I'm doing NaNoWriMo again this year, and I did it. Well, I also did it last year. It's basically, it's it's November is kind of like my time to just really, like, because everyone's also writing a novel, so that's part of the fun of the community, where um, you, you can really get your draft down, and it doesn't feel like you're going it alone, because everyone else is also writing a novel with you. So there's a sense of we're all in it together, we're all moving towards the finish line. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about NaNoWriMo, just because there's a great sense of support. And, you know, whether you're looking at, like, groups online or on social media, or even whether you go to write-ins in person, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of camaraderie there. Excellent. How about you, Nikki? Actually, I think I am a NaNoWriMo old head. I first heard about it in 2003, and it was towards the end of the month. It was like November 28th or something. So it was kind of too late to get involved that year. But it just sounded really interesting to me. And I wasn't even a writer or anything before I, I had heard about it. I just thought it sounded like an interesting challenge. And so I just kind of marked it on you know, my calendar next year. I'm going to write a novel in 30 days in November. But I, it was just something that was just kind of burning in the back of my mind. And I just couldn't stand to wait for November. So I ended up doing my own little project in April. And I ended up writing my first novel in probably about 23 days. And it, of course, is a, a trunked novel. But I was very proud of it. And it kind of like I've had the writing bug ever since. And I participated in the the. National Novel Writing Month that following November. And how did you do? And how often have you done it since? Um, I I make an attempt every year. Uh, sometimes I don't get very far. I'm probably about 50-50 for finishing. That's still a number of successes over a decade. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's not too bad. How about you, Kat? I think that I also found out about it in 2003. I was on a BBS that a number of other writers were on, and all of us were somewhat competitive by nature. So when we found out about this, we all had to compete at it. I don't always go to the website and fill it all out. Uh, I do try to always hit 50,000 uh, words in November. I don't always, you know, maybe half the time, but a lot of times you round up to Thanksgiving and just crash and burn because of the holidays. Yeah, the having Thanksgiving, I found in my one attempt to do it was a real big lump of trying to work around that and having low word counts around Thanksgiving, then trying to have to make it up in that last week. I found that to be like a real stretch. It can be um, a bit of a challenge in Australia too because November is often wrapping up the school year. People can have exams and things. It makes it extra challenging. Oh, that's terrible timing for you guys. Yeah, it is rather. I think there's a, another go through around April uh, and some people try it then. Because that's your November. Oh, not quite. It's, it, it, it's, a, more, it's a more fallow time. It is a, a bit easier than, than November sometimes. But on the other hand, we don't have to deal with Thanksgiving. 
So 50,000 words is um, a bit on the short side for a traditional novel. So how much did each of you have to add or and edit um, after you'd finished your initial manuscript? Um, CB, did you want to start? Sure. Usually is, like I said, it's the first draft, and usually that 50,000 words is enough to sketch out the main plot, but in you know, during the editing process, a lot of things gets cut or, you know, I might end up changing an entire arc or really adding, you know, anywhere from like 25,000 words to 32. I think last, there was one manuscript that I ended up adding. I think the total came out to be 110,000 words after Nano, but that was like after like a few months after Nano, but like through, through the process of getting it done from from that starting point that's definitely a lot added onto it yeah it was it's i think it's it's great to have that that initial push because as far as discipline goes because it's hard to once you have the foundation i think it's easy to go from there when you're building your world and your story for sure first drafts are hard cat I usually, what I tend to do when I'm writing in nano is sort of move back and forth between actual scenes and a sort of very detailed outline. So I'll be writing, writing, uh, by which I mean in like an actual scene, and then a little sort of move to a, now they're going to go to the camp and they're going to find out X and Y. Because for me, a book runs, well, the one that I just turned in is 120,000 words. So nano is just basically a way for me to get a huge chunk of writing done. And so like even right now, what I'm working on is <laughs> too many novels and then actually some story ideas. I just like getting a whole bunch of word count. Well, nano is good for that, for sure. Nikki? Um, I think I kind of go into it kind of a similar way. I usually just end up writing the first half of a novel. And so it'll take me 50,000 or 30 days to write 50,000 words, and then probably another six months to write the other half. So it's uh, just kind of a, a jump start. And I kind of, I like it because you can just put, you know, unfiltered thoughts onto paper. And then what takes kind of, for me, the challenge afterwards is to pull all those kind of threads together into some kind of cohesive thing. Um, and that usually takes a lot more effort and uh, um, thinking and mental stimulation like that takes more than 30 days for me to to get that part of the process done but uh, i enjoy both sides of it <laughs> i'm going to ask a question that is rather pertinent in uh, in 2017 especially with all our social media and with everything going on in the world and politics and everything else it's a rather distracted world how do you manage word count in a instant on distracted world where the shiny is always around the corner or something to rage or be upset about and we'll start with you nikki since you've gone last the last couple of times we'll start with you um i well i have yet to complete a a novel since i joined twitter last year so this should be interesting to see how it affects me but i think just managing your time um instead of getting up and first thing checking your social media just get up first thing and start writing and something I just started recently was to get up you know an extra hour early and then I, I just kind of like go for a walk or whatever and think about you know what I'm going to write about that day and so I'm kind of like getting my exercise and brainstorming at the same time so you know when you're crunched for time and trying to find extra time to write like any little second you can grab like if you're in the shower to brainstorm um, you just 
take those minutes and uh, get your words down in the morning if you can, if you're a morning writer, um, which I am, and uh, then you can have the rest of the day to be distracted, I guess. Just trying to figure out how, how you work the best, and everybody's different. So if you're a night person, it might be, you know, no social media after 8 p.m. or whatever. Just, I think I mean, it's a balance. It's all a balance. Indeed. Uh, that kind of also half answers another question I had in mind about how plotting and planning and whatnot. That, that was a two forever an answer, and I appreciate that. So, Kat, how about you? Well, the thing that I think about it is I, I sort of use it to keep driving myself back to the keyboard and being like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I will do, you know, I'll turn, Alexa, turn on the timer for 15 minutes, which I may have actually done accidentally. Um, <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Alexa, turn off the timer. Anyway, so you might want to use a different piece of technology, uh, but a timer, and I just keep going, right? I, I have it in a big Word doc, and, you know, I do a 15-minute time writing, and then I look at the word count, and I go, yay, I now deserve ice cream or walk around the block or whatever. And then hopefully I keep doing that throughout the day. But I agree that everybody's process is different, and I think one of the things that you have to do is really pay attention to your process and when you're productive and when you're not and find that time that you're productive and just defend it with your life. I I I do think that's a key. Finding what process works with you seems to be one of those keys to writing. There's no one process that works for everyone. The key is to find what you can do and do it. That sounds easy, but it's harder than it looks. And doubly so with the NaNoWriMo... uh, 30-day uh, pressure cooker. How about you, CB? I definitely agree with Kat. I, I mean, I do, I do the timer a lot. I set it for anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes to 20, and I basically carve out time throughout the day um, when I can find it to write and work. And generally between, you know, I'll, I'll alternate between like, okay, so I basically allow myself to be unproductive for five minutes. So I'll work for 20 minutes and then rest or do something else and then come back to it. And then having that like alternating system works for me. And that's kind of how I plan it around my day. Any thoughts, Elizabeth? Um, actually, I did have a question based on something that Kat said. I was wondering, what has Nano taught you about your own processes? And Kat, did you want to start? Sure. I think that's an awesome question. I think that one of the things Nano taught me is that I can just, that I can pants it, right? That I can write forward into the abyss and have some measure of confidence that the words will eventually swirl up and form a path for me to follow. And one of the nice things about Nano is that it really emphasizes something that writers often forget, which is that you have to give yourself permission to write crap. And if you don't give yourself permission to write crap, then you end up sitting there going, oh my God, I need to be a genius now. And that's a really, in my opinion and experience, a bad attitude to come at a page with and one that will just be really frustrating. Cool. What about you, Nikki? Oh, I agree. It's just having the freedom to write whatever comes to your your mind. It's just kind of liberating because you don't have to worry about, is this good? Because... It probably isn't, but you could always fix it later. So if it's if it's something that doesn't even fit into the story, you can just, you know, write through it and, you know, come to your next idea. 
you don't have to sit there and get like perfect sentences each time. Even some people like to get their, you know, perfect sentences before they move on, but that's not my process at all. It's just kind of get it all out there. Um, I love when like I need an extra word boost, like coming up with like funny ways to get, get the words that are still like technically like, you know, not cheating, but probably pushing the limits of, of what, what would be considered decent in, in writings. Uh, I think last year I, I made like a cookbook in the middle of the book and just started like writing on these random recipes, uh, just because that was easy and I was tired and that's like all my brain was, was giving me at that moment, but I, I still got words on the paper. And potentially some good ideas for later down the track and another book, perhaps. Perhaps. CB, how about you? Yeah, I think there's a lot of great freedom in definitely agree with both Nikki and Kat about, you know, just being open to exploring different things and not having to, you know, stress about making it perfect from the get-go. And I think that's what really is scary about writing a novel for myself. And before I started writing was that I, I thought it had to be amazing from the very start and it had to flow perfectly. And, um, you know, that really stopped me from writing for a long time because I was scared that it was going to be terrible. And then I think Nano really challenges you to like, okay, I've got to get words down. So whether I start at the beginning or the middle or the end, I can try to, you know, just add to the story and you know, it may be useful, it may not be useful, but I think in the end, like, you know, whatever writing you do during nano, it's not wasted because it's still adding to your craft. It's adding to your understanding of your characters and to your story. And, you know, one of the things I've learned in nano is that I can write out of order. And so one of the things I do, if I get stuck in an area, I just skip to a different section of the novel and write that scene instead. And then I'll jump all around, and then at the end of NaNoWriMo, I'll reorganize everything and make it flow. Perfectionism is something I struggle with in my writing, too. It's um, it's really hard to switch off that inner editor when you're an editor for a living. So I think that's a really good point that, that you make about the benefit of NaNo. Since we've been talking a lot about diversity and marginalized people and marginalized communities in science fiction this year on Skipping Fanti. So I wanted to uh, see how that could tie into uh, your NaNoWriMo writing and whether you uh, tackleize writing diversity and how you approach sometimes the, the sensitivity and what to avoid and when write, writing the other as it so, as it so happens. And we'll start with Kat. <laughs> Give me the easy one. Um, well, I mean... To some extent, you're always trying to be somewhat diverse. You're always kind of trying to look at your own characters and make sure that you're not writing the same ones over and over again. And so like the YA space opera that I'm working on right now, the young human woman is black. For me, I think the thing that really helps you make sure that you reflect the world adequately, by which I mean you show its wonderful diversity is to read diverse literature. Uh, one of the things I've been doing in the past few months is really trying to read a lot more stuff by uh, Black authors because I, I did this uh, roundtable uh, podcast on it that was really interesting. Um, so I've been, you know, you, you just you try and read all over the place. You try and read all sorts of good stuff. Wise words. I, I agree completely. How about you, CB? I think in, ten, in terms of writing in my stories, especially 
in sci-fi and fantasy too, because I think in our genre, we try to imagine worlds, worlds without the limitations of our own. And, you know, I would love to see a place where, you know, whether we're, whether they're adventures or romances or swashbuckling action or, you know, I think sci-fi and fantasy is great for showing all these different fun and exciting new worlds that to have diverse characters and show representation because it's it's a reflection of our, our world that we live in. And I try to do this in all, all my novels to basically write write the books that I, I did not have when I was a teenager and to not read characters that looked like me or were like me in any, any way. As far as writing outside of one's own community, I think there's a lot of a lot of research one can do and like Kat mentioned about reading widely and diversely. There's I think that's a wonderful thing to do to read read what other people are currently writing to talk with other people in the community to get a feel for who you're writing. And, you know, I think one of the important distinctions when you're creating a character, writing a character in another community is to think about the story and to think about like, what are you writing? Like, am I writing, am I writing this character as, you know, this is part of their experience or, or am I trying to write the experience, you know, and I, I recognize that I, you know, there are stories that I'm not comfortable telling because I don't have that experience. But there's a difference between like, say, um, like I have characters of color in my works that are different than my own. And I, you know, um, take a lot of care and have talked with people in the community and speak with, have pre-readers and get a feel for it. But I try not to write like, I think there's a difference between writing, say, like a black character and trying to write the black experience, which is something I I cannot do because and I would not want to do. But I think there's a lot of room for, for writers to explore and to definitely create and, and add to the many works that we have now. Well said. How about you, Nikki? Prairie of Gods is a really, really diverse novel set in South Africa with a wide cast of very different characters. So how do you do that in NaNoWriMo, though? Um, well, first of all, you did not read the first draft. So I think that explains a lot of it. But when I when I go into it, like one of the things I love about writing is that you kind of get to explore yourself and your own biases. And that's usually what comes out in the first draft. And so like I like to grow as a person. So like when I when I'm going back to to do my revisions, um, I start asking myself, you know, why am I assuming this about this person? Why am I treating this group this way? And you just kind of start to reflect on like why you have these these biases and why you think these things. And so um, sometimes you have to just make little adjustments within the work to make it, I'm not going to say be negative, but uh, just to be careful of what the message that you're trying to send and just at least be cognizant of of what you're sending. Because sometimes you just, you know, you don't, you have these, you know, spots you just can't see because you just don't have that experience. And so definitely getting like a sensitivity reader or several to to kind of point those spots out to you. That'll like make you think even harder. It's like all these cycles of trying to like grow yourself as a person. So you do what you can on your own and then you kind of expand that out to somebody else who might see something that you don't. Excellent. Since we're talking about diversity, I was wondering, do you think that Nano is particularly accessible to writers from diverse communities? CB? I think as far as the the website and the online content, I think it it's very like anyone can do it, anyone can join. I feel like 
as far as the, I think there, I would love to see more um, access as far as like meetups or write-in events. Cause a lot of the things that I've seen that like, oh, this is like all the way across town or this is on a weeknight. And, you know, I'm thinking about people who might not have access to a vehicle or might not be able to get out of work to go to these things. And it's, you know, one of the, I think the strengths of NaNoWriMo is being part of that community and trying to write with, with the community while everyone else is working too. But I, you know, I think NaNoWriMo as an organization has done a great job of having a lot of resources available online. And um, I definitely would like to see more. I feel like it's not really, it's not really a NaNoWriMo thing. It's more of like, how can we make it, make writing more accessible to people, to writers in marginalized communities? Because it's not, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it would be the same of like, if you were to ask anyone writing a novel, not during November, because, you know, how many people have to work full time, how many people have families and kids to take care of, and, you know, trying to get people, you know, how do you find time to, to write a novel and who has, who, who can actually afford to do that in their life. And it's, it's hard. And I think one of the, one of the um, things about NaNoWriMo, which I find um, really cool is that there are people from all walks of life who try it. And you can see that there's, you know, in forums and stuff, people are always talking about like, how do I do nano while I'm doing this? How do I do nano while my I'm doing my job and taking care of my family and stuff? But I definitely think it's a great question as far as I don't have like a complete answer, but I think I feel like talking about it more, especially in communities, is a great place to start. Sure. Yeah, that's some really good points. Nikki? Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Getting more, more people, um, even to be familiar with it or introducing it. And I try to, to remember to talk about it every time I give like a talk, cause you never know there's some, might be somebody out there who hasn't heard of this before. Um, and I always kick myself when I forget, I'm like, oh, I forgot to mention National Novel Writing Month. Um, just cause I think it's so important. I think everyone has a story and it might not be a publishable story. That doesn't matter. It's still an important story. And I just want people to be able to get those stories out. Um, and if we have, you know, this great big pool of, you know, of diverse voices, we're going to have a bigger pool to pull from to have published novels. And I think that's kind of kind of the end goal. Um, so as, as many voices as we can get the message out to, the better. But yeah, I mean, as far as writing, it's like, I think a fairly accessible hobby to have because really all you need is like a notebook and a pen. Like I've done, like if I get stuck, I always like, you know, step away from the computer and like handwrite my my novel and it's it's that tactile it's kind of nice so i think anyone anyone can do it might take a little a little bit of you know modifications for whatever or trying to find time and if you can only find you know 15 minutes 20 minutes in the morning and you know 15 minutes at night if you can still concentrate and uh, just bang out as many words as you can i think it's still possible because uh, you know it's all a balancing act. I like to say that. So and if it's something that's important to you, you can you can find time somehow. Yeah, this is something that is very interesting to me. And I think that one of the, the things that and I'm going to say this: I've done no nano rimo research here whatsoever, and so I don't know whether or not this is there. But things that I would expect would include making sure that the NaNoWriMo authors, that the, you know, the pep talks that they do, that there are at least a few black authors represented there. 
I would ask if they are making sure that there are meetups aimed at writers of color and also at uh, quilt bag authors and just other, you know, a whole bunch of diverse groups. And I would ask if there is language on the website that specifically welcomes those folks. Because one of the things that uh, we've, I've found in discussion that one of the most important things a magazine can do is to say in its submission guidelines is that we welcome uh, diverse submissions. We welcome them from all over. And the reason is, you know, partially just, you know, to say that, because that's what you could say, but I, but it's one of the things is authors do look at that. And if they don't see it, they can often assume that the editor is either hopelessly out of touch or is not, in fact, looking for uh, diverse stuff. And so I'm kind of rambling, but I would say, you know, to NaNoWriMo, how are you modeling uh, specific invitations? Are you making invitations? Because it's not enough to just sort of passively be inclusive. I think you actively have to do some outreach to kind of counteract the world. Um, along those lines, I was I was thinking a bit whether the National Novel Writing Month goal is, is very specific and it's not always attainable to writers with disabilities, for example. So I see a lot of activity around National Novel Writing Month where people have modified it so that they have a slightly different goal but can still take advantage of the sense of community that goes on during that time. So it would be nice to see, I think, the nano team maybe be a bit flexible with their goal, I suppose. Castle Water Net. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's definitely, I see a lot of people who who try nano and then they feel bad that like, and I've, I've not made the 50,000 words before. And, you know, it's, it's about like, you know, it's not about whether you if you can be like, oh, I won it versus like, oh, I didn't finish the race, but it's not a race. If you if you get down like 5,000 words, 10,000 words, however many words you get down during this month, it's more than zero. It's more than what you had before. And I think that's something to be celebrated. What value do you think people should have in doing NaNoWriMo? How would, here's your chance to encourage people to take part in, take part in this or encourage them to continue. So... Your chance to do a pep slash uh, encouragement talk for those who might be contemplating this, say, next year, because by the time this has come out, the not, the month will be two-thirds over, although they could do it another month, as some of you have already said you go. Let's start with you, Nick. Um, I would just encourage anyone to try. It's You you have a chance to see what story is inside you, and, and uh, I think this is where social media really does shine, is that you can always reach out to you know, someone who else is participating in National Novel Writing Month and challenge them to award war and, you know, see, you just less write for an hour and see who writes the most words. And it's a really good way just to connect, connect with other people, um, to find a, find your community. Because if you're like me, I had no idea I was like this sci-fi geek. I like sci-fi, but I didn't know there were other people like me out there. Um, and I discovered all that through National Novel Writing Month. So, um, connect with your community. Um, I still have friends that I made in 2003 or 2004 when I first um, started. And you just never know how much your world is going to expand just from completing or attempting just this, this event. So definitely go for it. That's fantastic. Thank you. 
CB. Yeah, I definitely, I think going for it and trying to find whether it's a online writing event. I know if you look through your region, there's always chat rooms going on where you can find other people to do word wars or sprints with you. And within the NaNoWriMo site, there's a lot of great resources. And I think even if you haven't started and you want to start now, you can still do it. It's, or, you know, at least get started and try, try your best because that's part of the spirit to try and try and make this goal. And at the end of the day, you'll be able to have, have a start, have a foundation for a project that you want to work on. Excellent. I, I agree completely. And Kat? I want to say to the folks that got any words at all that you have rested words from the forces of chaos and one that you, if you are far away from 50,000 words, you shouldn't despair that, you know, get in the words that you can and try and figure out next time you try it, uh, how to maybe be a little more productive, but don't make it a thing that you make yourself feel guilty or bad about. Not everybody hits the end. Half the time I don't hit the end, but celebrate the words that you get. Hooray! You got words. Resting words from chaos. Order out of chaos. It's not, that sounds very eternal champion-esque. Uh, Elizabeth, rescue me, rescue me from Warcock illusions here. Any any thoughts on this? I would say just go for it. Like uh, like the others have said, I think it's a, a really good chance to kind of ride the wave um, and take advantage of the collective energy that's going into this, the community that's around NaNoWriMo. It's really, really valuable. I sadly did not connect with communities the one year I did it, and that, in the end, may have been a a mistake or at least something I could have done better and should do better in a a future attempt. So I I, I personally can take that away from all your lovely comments and ideas from uh, this podcast, and I want to thank uh, the three of you for being on and thank Elizabeth for being my wing woman for this. Okay. So uh, one, one wrap up cat, where can people find you online? You can find me on most social media as cat Rambo, all one word, or you can find me on my website. Strangely enough, catrambo.com will take you to it. Uh, that's probably it. Nikki. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at, at Nikki Drayden. And my website is Nikki Drayden.com. And CB? My website is cb-lee.com, and you can find me on Twitter under um, author underscore CB Lee. And, and Elizabeth, since you are so new to the podcast, remind people where people can find you. Sure. My website is Earl Grey Editing. That's gray with an E. And I'm on Twitter at Elizabeth underscore Fitz. And you'll also see me a bit more on Skiffy and Fenty coming up. Huzzah, hooray. Thank you all for participating tonight. Thank you so much for having us. It's been really fun. And with that, end scene.
thank you for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at SkiffyInfanti at gmail.com, on Twitter at SkiffyInfanti, on Facebook at The Skiffy Infanti Show, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash SkiffyInfanti. Our intro and outro music comes from The Launch by Cronux. You can find out more about their music at freemusicarchive.org.